0: I'm Will Anderson. Hello. We were just talking about tennis. And uh, when we're recording this, it is uh, Saturday. So the women's final of the Australian Open, which is the big first tennis tournament of the year. Um, uh, The Williams sisters are playing, which is amazing. Serena and uh, Venus Williams playing, I think, in their eighth Grand Slam final together. And in the men's final, uh, Roger Federer is playing Rafael Nadal. Uh, the two greatest modern tennis players of our era, but two guys who were, you know, I mean, you'd argue that Andy Murray and, um, uh, who's the other guy? The old, the, the, uh, I, I'm sorry, I I'm not a great tennis player. F- um, Pete Sampras. I, no, not Pete <laughs> Sampras. Yeah. Jim Courier, right? No. <laughs> Andre Agassi. Andre Lecon. As Jim Curio. Henry the cunt. Jim
1: Curio. Like, we'll, we'll get back to, you know, yeah. the tennis. Ah, uh, well, you know We whatever. started talking about it because I went last week. Yeah, we I were talking about
0: it off air and we decided to start.
1: I haven't been to the tennis uh, in... Like probably a decade, and and I haven't watched that much of it. But I, you know, I remember Jim Courier was getting into special comments back when I stopped watching. And then I was so surprised to see him there because he has such a laconic style. Sometimes I don't even know if he's conducting an interview.
0: He's aged well though, I'll say. Yeah, like I reckon he like particularly for a, like a blood nut, you know, he's like red hair, pale skin, still looks pretty good. I reckon Jim Courier. Like yeah. I was looking at him last night on the telly, because I he's one of those guys where I don't mind when he's laconic. And I but like it and he's tennis when
1: when when he's he's always laconic. Well, Does
0: he ever get out of like like first gear? Here's what I would say. I reckon there's three Jim careers when it comes to his commentary. I like this. Uh, the first one is laconic Jim, like you know, <laughs> courtside interview Jim, you know? Yep. Everyone's a mate, everything's relaxed. Yep. Are we really having a courtside interview or are we just having a chat? Yeah. Uh the second one is uh actual tennis commentary Jim who doesn't come out all the time but He's an amazing thinker about the game, and when he actually, you know, stops being laconic and the other one, then he he's a he's pretty astute, I reckon. And then the third one, and this is the one that I'm not as fond of. Chicky Jim. Yeah, comedy Jim. <laughs> comedy com- <laughs> comedy comedy Jim Korea. Yeah, yeah. Well, that guy. He is he's a little like I think he's been lulled into because I've said this for years. Yeah. Two easiest audiences in the entire world. Your wedding. And the tennis. Yeah, definitely like the tennis audience. Oh my god. Like any ball boy play, anything where you like in the old days when you could grab a champagne. It's crazy. I mean anything.
1: Sitting where I was, like I'd forgotten how like it's it is such a fucking um evangelical feeling. People who go to tennis love tennis players. Like the amount of people who called out I love you, Fed during that game. All men, mind you, which is fine. Yeah, good. But mainly progressive. Yeah. But tennis was, is a safe zone. But there was, <laughs> but there was this thing of you're right. Anything that happened that was slightly out of the ordinary was cause for a round of applause. Like the ball hits the net and just bounces in. It's like whoa!
0: Oh, <laughs> it's like oh, well, you know that's and that happen at some point. It's interesting to me about tennis and like golf. I guess is a little bit the same. Is that that idea that when you're and I think this is why I've never really. I enjoyed I think I've been to the tennis. I am not even sure. I can't even remember if you I've ever been. You don't strike me as a tennis guy. I'm not really a tennis guy. Because it's a guy. summer
1: thing. You don't strike me as a summer guy in any kind of park. Cricket, I guess, but even then I see you. I like, like watching in the cricket,
0: shade. yeah, from the shade. Yeah. Yeah. You're not a sit out bar.
1: in the seats and like, you know
0: No, no, I'm not. That's in absolutely a gold right. singlet. No, and tennis well here's the weird thing. Okay, we're all Do over you have the a place. Green and gold but <laughs> I, I'm sure I do somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been sent one. I think I got sent one by the Australian cricket team or the Australian uh, football team, soccer team, at some stage. Like a jersey with my name on it. Yeah. When they were trying to get me involved, it must have been soccer because if it was cricket, I actually probably would have gone. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but I think it was it was during as the World is, Cup.
1: Ramona is using it yeah. as a piss
0: rack Yeah, I was just like, well, thanks for that. But <laughs> even having my it own name on the back of moisture, a jersey, right? yeah, right. Soaks up pers- perspiration. It'll soak up dog piss, right? <laughs> thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> (laughs) Good luck in the World Cup, but I (laughs) no disrespect, (laughs) no disrespect. That was all disrespect, I'm pretty sure. I mean, no disrespect meant plenty offered. (laughs) So. (laughs) I'll tell you my little tennis journey. So I never played tennis because in my town, because my dad had been such a good cricketer. We were a cricket family and you were were either cricket or tennis. So you'd play AFL in the winter and you'd play cricket or tennis in the summer. That was basically what happened where I was from. And we were a cricket family, not a tennis family. And then one, uh, probably when I was about 13 or 14, I went to a, in the summer, just like a, I guess in retrospect, it was just one of those things that your parents send you to because they want to break from you for a couple of weeks. But I went to this like uh, sort of tennis camp. And I think I might have gone for a week or something. Mm. And so every day you went for like four or five hours and they kind of taught you tennis and then like, you know, developed certain skills and then you started playing.
1: And, and when did they molest you?
0: After lunch? Fourth day. I believe it <laughs> was the fourth day. They called it the change of ends. They said, this is ball boys. I, I couldn't watch it for years because I had trauma. That was the problem. Sorry now we have to put a trigger warning at the top of uh but so I so again you know that I am uh I'm I'm the sort of person who's not going to overinflate my sporting abilities or achievements um I played cricket and I was at my very best like at the ver- on my very best days mm. good enough yeah like you know like I made some B grade teams in local competitions but
1: mate you're talking of the captain of the uh under 12 b2s which was not even second level we're a level below second
0: made a lot of gritty 30s You I know what i mean
1: i was that was when they had to retire yet to retire at 30 right yeah yeah and they would send you back in if everyone else got out and there was enough time they'd send you back in to save your side but uh yeah i was the same i was a i was i had no footwork as a batsman and i was probably the most ineffective unexciting bowler is a medium pace Left arm, so that makes it a bit interesting. Okay, well, yeah, that's good. medium pacer. Yeah, like, yeah. I was I was neither fast and I couldn't spin the ball, so I was a medium pacer.
0: I tried everything in bowling. Really? Like, I bowled finger spin, I bowled leg spin, uh, because I was tall, that and everyone tried to convince fingers. me to... So you could actually get the... The purchase you need. I to mean, theoretically, prize. Charlie. Yes. All oh, right. And in the same way, theoretically, I was a big guy, so I should have been able to bowl really fast. Yes. But I couldn't. I could bowl fast, and i, I would say it was a. You could bowl your
1: spins really fast. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, but not—but not fast enough to be a fast bowler. It, I was like, I tried everything in a desperate effort to be good at it, and it just never came naturally it's to me. Father ashamed of you. I mean, probably for a range of reasons, Charlie, but you know, I think like, I mean, he loved cricket so much, but he also had had such a natural aptitude towards cricket. Like my dad was a a good, uh, a good country footballer, but he was a, in my understanding from what I've been told is, I mean, he won an Order of Australia medal a couple of years ago for services to cricket. What have
1: you ever done?
0: Um... I mean, I I ask myself that question <laughs> regularly. Yeah, like my my grandfa- my grandfather won an Order of Australia. My really? father won an Order of you Australia. You are a
1: huge disappointment to your ancestors.
0: Well, ironically, I have osteoarthritis, which is the same abbreviation. <laughs> so <laughs> we all have OAs. Yeah, mine just means that I can't well, get well, up I've very quickly. I watched the OA on Netflix. So I went to see my dad get his. We'll get back to tennis. Yeah, I went to see my dad um uh, get uh, receive his Order of Australia Medal. It was uh, like a. Uh, I was very, very proud of him, and they asked, they had one, well, he could bring my mum and one other guest, and they asked if I would, would like to go along, and I was so proud, I was good, like, so was was at, um, uh, what's that beautiful, Ripon Lee, I oh, think, yeah. you know, in Amazing. the, in, so beautiful estate. estate in the, like, Botanic Gardens, sort of all, no, yeah, is it, yeah? That's right. yeah, it was right. not right. Botanic
1: Gardens, but it's a, it's a, it's a it's a private estate that yeah. they now open to the public, and it's beautiful, old, like, building, and swimming pool, and green this is like a greenhouse or something and a waterfall and a pond it's amazing yeah it's really beautiful in fact well my first acting job was in an outdoor production of Anne of green gables that we performed at ripon lee ripon lee doubled for
0: nova scotia canada <laughs> <laughs> well what what i would say is nova scotia canada must be delightful <laughs> melbourne, <laughs> melbourne
1: summer doubling for nova scotia you know what i'm just assuming nova scotia is cold because i think all of canada is cold maybe
0: it is a maybe it is a lush green place like Riponley. I mean, I think Canada's cold in the winter pretty much everywhere. Yeah. But again, I'm not sure. Canadian Mm. listeners, let us know. But um, okay, so it was... So it's a really beautiful place. Um, It's a really lovely ceremony. Um, There's obviously a heap of people getting various awards. So there's like a... um, So basically there's a hall full of, you know, family and friends. And then you're only allowed to clap from, I think... The minute their name is announced, until the minute they get <laughs> oh, really? there. Well, because like you know, obviously... some of those
1: things. I say, guys, we've got a lot of names to get through. Can you please hold your applause till the end of the ceremony? They didn't say that. No, because they, this... they made that's much more complicated. What they offered,
0: yeah, because well, you do need some applause. I think in a room like that, when somebody <laughs> is getting, but also when somebody is like achieving like an honor, like of the country, of some of them saying, you know, you have serve this country in a way that you know somebody has nominated you for this honor and you've been approved for this honor like i think it's a pretty big deal you know and so it's nice to have like a moment where you can appreciate them but at the same time they can't you know so i i I liked it but it did lead to some people pushing the boundaries of you know because they have to announce the next person so you have to stop applauding so they can announce it's
1: more complicated i think it's too final
0: line so you deny with... these people their moment no, no. of applause no no I, just so I that...
1: reckon you say you you hold it to the end or you just let people go hell for leather like what's the harm in like you know It's it, they're getting this honour it might be you know the highest honour they ever receive what's wrong with a bit of you know what you don't want is like everyone's clapping and cheering and stuff and then one guy gets up and there's only like three people
0: <laughs> yeah like the in memoriam at the Oscars yeah, exactly. where it starts to become a popularity contest yeah. of people going, oh I really well, love that person. person oh I haven't heard of him yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna clap louder just to make it look like I do know <laughs> who that director of photography was.
0: Um, okay, so uh tennis. I went to this I oh, know, I'll oh. just finish this story. Oh, so I so went valid. to this thing. So they had a uh, like I what I imagine was a high school band. I think they may have even introduced them as like a high school orchestra playing. So they're up the back, you know, doing a range of kind of like high school orchestra music. And they were playing things like, you know, Advanced Australia Fair and, you know, Wall and Matilda and I guess like, you know, that sort of you know, like what you would consider to be appropriate kind of things but also they would eventually just like in their mix of songs that they knew run out of like ones that fit that criteria because it took like an hour and a half or whatever So be so many times you can play down under yeah so they would then just throw in something that was kind of like vaguely connected to the theme of the day yeah, right. so it wasn't really a hundred like it was one of those ones where they're going oh well, this this counts because it's when you're making a so, playlist so make it so you're making it so a, it's all like do they play we are the champions well this is not a bad guess so not a hundred percent right okay. But when my dairy farmer father received his order of Australia Medal for service to, to cricket and the dairy industry yeah. he walked on stage to a high school orchestra playing Celebration oh, celebrate man. good times come on that's great yeah that one makes sense what played for your dad was we don't like cricket uh, wouldn't it be great if they all had their own theme like yeah. the <laughs> totally. yeah they'd all been asked you've won this prestigious honour yeah. what sort of intro music would you like mm. oh yeah like the comedy festival if you're doing a gig they'll just ask you know what what music do you want to go on to they could have that sort of criteria but, but to then it, it
1: gets really because someone's getting an award for like you know in environmental science it's right. like what song do we put on for that
0: yeah or it's like or they've written down something really inappropriate like they're getting um like an award for stopping drink driving but their song is oh. too drunk to fuck by the dead kennedys <laughs> it's ironic yeah they're getting an award for stopping racism, but they got come on stage They're back in black. <laughs> what? That's weird. <laughs> um, so uh, the most inappropriate <laughs> one that was in their mix that I couldn't quite work out what the connection was was uh, they would occasionally play ba 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 tequila. Oh, tequila. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're
1: already thinking about the after party. They're high school kids, mate. Of course, that's what they're going to play. Da 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 West Coast Cooler. Da-da, 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 da-da.
0: <laughs> So, I went to this high school uh, tennis camp one year Mm -hmm. and it turned out that I had a really natural uh, affinity with tennis. Right. Like, in a way that I'd never had with cricket. Like, I really got it. Like, my body kind of and my, like, what I like to do and my body type kind of suited it. Yeah. Like, you know, tennis is a game where like the thing about cricket, Have you got
1: height. That's immediately like my serve was pretty good. And yeah.
0: I, I like playing on the net and I loved running around and it was kind of the, the sort of running I like to do, which wasn't like, so in cricket, if you make one mistake, your day can be over. Yeah. Whereas like in tennis, like they literally, when you're serving, they you give do. you two ghosts. Yeah, yeah. Like this is my game. Like, the thing I hated about cricket was I was okay at cricket, except I would make mistakes that meant that you didn't get to keep playing cricket. Yeah. Whereas, like, in tennis, you just make a mistake and they go, oh, you get a free hit on this anyway. Have another go. And it makes sense why you'd also like AFL as well, because we have point posts. But also the idea that in AFL, if you mess something up, you can just run and try to get it right the next time. Yeah. Whereas in cricket... Like, you're not allowed to run back on and try to start hitting balls after you're out. <laughs> I
1: didn't ever really play tennis, which is weird, because I grew up in, like, an upper-middle-class white neighborhood right. where tennis was everywhere. Every school I went to offered tennis. There's tennis courts literally every school I went to. But for some reason, I didn't get into it. And then it wasn't until I got in my late teens I started playing, but it was w- I was way too behind everyone else by then. The Because like, there's a certain rhythm and a way you've got to use your body in tennis, which I think, like... You wanted, that's why tennis players start as juniors because then by the time you're an adult, what you want to start doing is that shit should be instinctive the right. way you move and then you start putting all the power and stuff into it, which, you know, I was... I remember beating... There's one kid at my school who was like, you know, in the first for tennis and there was some party on the weekend we're at some guy's house who had a tennis court and I played him just like one game. No, it, it was actually a set and I beat him. I beat him like 6-3 and it was funny too because... I think he started off like the tortoise and the hare. He started like skylarking, you know? Right. He sort of maybe gave me one or gave me two or whatever. Yeah. But he tended fate. We've talked about in this show before when I, you know, played AFL. I was never a natural athlete, but what I was was a big hearted tryer, right.
0: you know? And sometimes every dog has his day. Exactly. Exactly.
1: But it was one of those teenage... It's David versus Goliath. It was one of those teenage moments where it started off just him and I, like just wearing board shorts and stuff as you oh. do at those teenage parties. And a couple of people watching. But then as word started to spread right. around the party, that like, hey Ned guys, was about
0: to lose. There's a tennis game
1: on. Yeah. And Ned's going to lose. There's a game on the court. Come on, guys. <laughs> but it was seriously more... So then by the end, there's like probably 30 kids all drinking and yelling. And so suddenly Ned, his fucking reputation was right. on the line. He was the best tennis player And then player he school, got inside his own head. Got inside right? his own head. And Ned I couldn't ran, handle and the I pressure. And I ran away with it. And yep. it fucking like, it really upset him. Yeah. He started like... Well, because you had nothing to lose. He had a bit lose. of a Nick Kurios. Moment in the, right. in the last two games, started blaming his family,
0: started yelling like, at the crowd, started
1: blaming that because he wasn't wearing shoes because <laughs> yeah. we were playing barefoot. And he said, but "Were you also he playing barefoot?" Me in, yeah, but he accused me numerous times of be, me being so
0: shit was uh-huh. actually lowering his game. I mean, that is a great excuse to use though, right? <laughs> the only reason I'm not beating it's you a Donald Trump is you're so shit that you have brought me down to your level. Yeah. I mean, that is actually, that's pretty good. Well, they
1: talk about in boxing, like if you fight an awkward boxer. Yeah, like sometimes. Like yeah. Normally, it's hard if you're a super, like, experienced boxer because it's just awkward. So, I am well, a left-hander. They're, theoretically, that could have been coming into play. Or
0: also, like, in cricket, sometimes, like, they will bring on someone who doesn't normally bowl and they will get a wicket because the batsman suddenly stop concentrating yeah. on, you know, like, all they...
1: Yeah, it's like sending down three fastballs and then the fourth yeah. one's super slow. Right. Yeah. and yeah, I mean the super
0: slow ball. <laughs> but if they bring on the wicketkeeper to bowl when you're on 200, yeah. suddenly it must get in your head of going, Why are they oh, I bow? can't. I can't get out to the wicket keeper, and then you start to get nervous, and then you've got net head. Yeah, yeah. That should be my strategy in life to level people to a false
1: sense of security in every situation.
0: I mean, I feel like you've brought me down to your level for this (laughs) podcast, so I (laughs) think it's working, Charlie, the cooler. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so uh, I didn't really play tennis again until I was at university. And then I started.
1: <laughs> Sorry, is there a more white <laughs> sentence? Then I didn't start playing tennis again until I attended university.
0: I um, I was right at Rogers. Do you have a Do you have any friends no. uh, that you were very, very friendly with at some stage in your life, and now you don't know?
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. I got lots.
0: Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Okay. So I have one in particular who I would have considered at the time to be my closest friend, and. You know, we shared a lot of very pivotal moments in our life together and now we, I haven't seen or heard of him and vice versa, you know, I Either mean, it's on not Facebook like, and shit? no, in yeah. like 15 years, I reckon. And I'd love to know what he was up to. Like, Have you looked for him? I've occasionally like kind of done that. And if I run into someone from uni or whatever, I'll ask if anyone kind of has heard or known. And I kind of always assume also that like, I'm really easy to find. So if somebody was keen enough to find me, you know, they could find me as well. So if if he's not tried to, then maybe he has no desire to, but... um... Was
1: was there a particular... Did it peter out or...
0: Oh, so, so anyway, we went to university together. We met on the first day of university. We were two actually, like, I would say, and this is probably part of the reason is, like, our friendship was a bit unlikely because we actually were very kind of different personalities. He was definitely an old school, like, straight up, you know, like played basketball played tennis played like kept a pretty clean lifestyle yeah. you know like really motivated blah 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 like you know and you know me mm-hmm. so everyone, everyone who listens to this podcast
1: will maybe a cooler himself <laughs> right <laughs> you brought him down to your level i'm detecting right. a theme
0: but we met literally on the like we were both walking to some induction thing and uh i i or he i can't even remember which but one one or the other just were like hey you know do you know anyone i don't know anyone and we made friends on the first day and became you know really friendly and we ended up living together a couple of years so like shared a house with some other people as well but like we had initiated it and we were you know we played basketball a couple of times a week and we'd like play tennis together and whatever and we were very close friends but I guess because then when we went on our way and did different things, I guess we just went into different worlds. But I do think, like he's probably the one person in my life where I go, I really would like to, I would like, I hope things worked out for him. You know, I think they would have. He was one of those guys that I I, imagine life would have worked out for.
1: One of my best mates in high school, um, we, like, and we stayed friends, sort of, you know, post-union stuff, went to different universities, different careers. And he was living in Sydney for a bit and we just sort of lost contact. I think I've only seen him once in the last... Maybe, geez, 15 years or something, probably similar to you. And then last year, I found an old school. Uh, I found an old school. Um, what are they called? The books you get into the year school record? Um, what
0: are they called? yearbook?
1: Yearbook. And there was a photo from me, a uh, photo of me when I was about uh, 10 or 12 years old, standing with this guy because we used to have this fate, this fundraiser charity fundraiser and our jobs that year was to run the music and make the announcement. So it's a photo of me and him holding microphones in front of this like old, you know, 80s tape deck, blah, blah, blah. And so I posted it online and was like, Hey, you know, me inventing podcasting for podcasting. But I thought, Oh, I haven't seen this guy in a while. We're not in contact. I don't want to put it up if, you know, it makes him weird. So I just cropped him out and put me in. And then he
0: posted. Yeah. I had
1: no idea. He even followed me on Twitter yeah. and he's like, uh, "You know, thanks for cropping me out." And I felt <laughs> awful, and like I said, oh, I, wrote, I read some kind of comment afterwards. was like, "Oh, you know, I tried to make a joke of it." Yeah, like I have a rule that anyone more handsome than me, you know, yeah, in yeah, the same good, photo, blah blah yeah, blah. Sure, um, but then didn't hear anything of it, and I was just like, oh. I feel bad. Like I'm not trying to. I don't know. It's just weird. It's one of those things. It's like there was no reason why we stopped being friends. I right. think. In life, my philosophy with friendships, like I often feel I'm a bad friend because I'm very passive in my friendships. Like I I believe that, you know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Like the people that I want in my life tend to be in my life. But that's not to say I couldn't work harder to make more of my friendships. And so the way I've moved through life is I've always felt like, well, I'll just travel through life on my path trying to do, you know, what I think I'm here to do. And if people stay with me for that journey, then that's because, you know, they're on the same path or whatever. And, you know, maybe it's not worth, you know, working hard with people that I feel like, you know, there's no, they just don't have the same kind of connection to. But I'm actually starting to rethink that because I'm looking back, like, for instance, when I was in L.A. in September, I, um, I had no idea you could be sent messages on facebook <laughs> uh-huh. i mean probably surprises no
0: one who no 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 well cast. firstly there's like there's the regular place you can get set messages yeah. but if you have like an official page or whatever there's a whole other well, i think secret a, file where they'll send I think like i occasionally that, discover that like is it people that you don't follow or that, something yeah that
1: you're not friends with on facebook they right. can contact you so i found this like bank of like 150 oh, messages no I, I
0: i had that same day yeah, i understand right. that day you're like. Yeah. Hang on, what? There was one
1: from there was one from <laughs> Carl Chandler from like twelve months earlier saying, "Hey man, we're going to be in Sydney. You know, if you'd like to uh, come to our show." And so I just had to message him back and say, "Look,
0: I know this is going to sound like a bullshit excuse. I just got this message. I just discovered this file on Facebook. <laughs> oh, but I have, and then I forget it's there. Yeah, I only discovered on Instagram the other day that people can send you messages.
1: Yeah, but now your friends aren't going to message you on Instagram though. Oh, it's I mean, always... a couple of people had. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, this, this Facebook messages thing, though, there was a whole stack of messages from people round about the time that mum died. Oh, okay. And it was all these friends or people who knew mum. Uh-huh. That And so, like, it was funny because it was literally like dudes from primary school right. who had obviously been following me or had kept an eye on me after, you know, we'd been friends. And they made this effort to just say, hey, you know, just that either share a memory of mum or just, you know, offer their condolences or whatever. And I was so kind of like touched by it and thought, I'm at a point now in my life where I think in your 20s, you know, you're all about rage and define myself and you're very, you know, this is what I hate and this is what I love. And, you know, it's all about like, you've got to be passionate about stuff. And then you get to your 30s and I feel like that tapers off a bit and you just become more focused on live and let live. And now as I move into 40, I think I'm getting to a point where I actually want to now start taking stock of the things I've done to this point. Because I feel like it's been such a charge ahead, you know, blinders on race to wherever I think I'm going that I... Want to now stop and look back and actually take note of these friendships I made, you know, experiences I've had and just sort of be a bit more without sounding new age, but like grateful, you know?
0: Well, yeah, I I mean, I'm spending a little bit more time at home this year and part of it's because I've got some things I want to do here, but part of it's because I've spent the last seven years spending half of my year overseas and just eventually you just miss out on your life. Yeah. You know, because when I'm here, I'm working and on the road and stuff, you just realize that, you know, you go and, you go and catch up with some friends and you go, oh my God, these people are amazing. Why haven't I seen them for three years? Because I'm never here.
1: Well, I just went to Bali for a friend's wedding and it was two weeks that they'd sort of organized a a mile out and, you know, like a year out. (laughs) And so, you know, the whole year, I had a, I had a year this year, which was very much about, just about me. Like I knew that, I wanted to sort of like do some classes, you know, um, really so like read a lot of books, like all this stuff that I'd sort of been putting off because I felt like I was too busy. But it was a real year of self-indulgent kind of, I just want to try this stuff. And for that, it meant I didn't see my friends a lot this year. There's a lot of things I didn't go to. There's a lot of stuff I just sort of duck out of. And when this trip was coming up, I was like, oh, fuck, man, like, you know, the stuff I could be doing and blah, blah, blah. Get there. And it was... They had gone to so much trouble, and it was like it was really a celebration of their friends. Like, they just wanted everyone to get there and have a great time. They'd organize all this stuff, and I felt so fucking lucky to be there that after about a day or two, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, I need to put more work in. Doesn't mean I have to do this all the time, but just that expression of kind of, you know, togetherness and come celebrate this moment with this, like, really valuable. I mean, I know I'm sounding like an old fart, but it's like, okay. I need to balance out the work stuff with more of those kind of
0: moments. No, well, we had a spontaneous New Year's <laughs> Eve party here because we weren't going to really do anything well. Mm. We had a plan to uh, just, you know, three or four <laughs> of us to have a, you know, a New Year's celebration, you know. And then on the morning, so Amy was here and uh, her work partner, Leone, who was staying here, was also because she had some people there being, being her you know, apartment for uh, New Year's. Mm. So she was crashing here as well. And they're both production designers by, you know, profession. So they decided in the morning, you know what, let's just see who's around. And like, if there's anyone around, they want to come over. And then that ended up as like us. I mean, I did a lot of shopping and preparing. (laughs) It's fair (laughs) to say. It was a good full day's work, but it turned into this really brilliant, you know, they lit the backyard and kind of, yeah, made all this amazing food. And like, you know, we got drinks. They lit it
1: like uh, Ridley Scott's uh, alien spaceship, which is a weird choice. I mean, (laughs) but they
0: made choices and that was what was important. And it was brilliant. And we watched both sets of fireworks because they have the nine o'clock and the midnight and we just, you know, can walk down the end of the road here and and watch them on the harbour and stuff. And, um, but because it was a last minute party, Hmm. like it was one of those things where most of the people who came, had something else already on that day mm. so what it ended up being from four o'clock in the afternoon probably until four o'clock in the morning was eight different parties oh, fantastic. so like some people would come before they were going to their other things yeah. so in the afternoon I you know you catch up with some people who just came over for a bit of a drink and then some people would be like we'll be there for like the nine o'clock fireworks and we went down and did that with them but they'd check out and then there would be people who'd <laughs> been to other parties who like so it was like and it was amazing. Awesome. And it was just one of those things you were going, we were going to do nothing today. Yeah. And through just a tiny little bit of effort and just mm. like a little, and it was so great because it was one of those parties because of the nature of it. I really felt like I talked to everybody well that I wanted to talk to because there was rarely crossovers yeah, where right. I felt like I was ignoring someone, like someone <laughs> would tap in and I'd be like, I oh, had a really good conversation with yeah, you. Yeah. And then they'd leave and then someone knew it would arrive and you'd be like, Paul Dool's uh, Scott Dooley friend of the show Scott Dooley uh, former guest Charlie uh, Scott Dooley uh, to play James Heard in the uh, uh, James Heard telly movie, movie. now needle, he's got to have needle some needle more. too far yeah <laughs> uh, Scott Dooley came over and literally he uh, walked through the door and I walked him back out here into the office and I showed him six minutes of highlights of AFL 360 oh,
1: man as you should I mean look we're going to delve into our other podcast territory for just a minute yeah but just the other day, I was riding and I took a break and I was like, "I'm going to watch some um, AFL videos." And I just started watching the Saints' like best three wins of the year or whatever. Just found on the AFL website, and then I started thinking about you and I was like, it "Doesn't matter how many of these games I watch. Like, you have the best game. Like, I I would know that game off by heart if I were you. Like, I would know the commentary. I would know every play. I could call it."
0: Well, I have uh, just behind you over there, uh, behind that stack of books over there, uh, a DVD. It's like you, if you reach over, you can reach over all those books, oh, and yeah. it's just on top there at the, end, the back. So it's um, it's the DVD of uh, not only the grand final, but also the the all the games, the, all the finals and the, and games. Alternate radio calls and alternate radio calls, so Amazing. you can listen to the game with all the different radio calls. See,
1: you would. It's just this can last you forever.
0: Yeah. I mean, it can last me forever. I mean,
1: I barrack for a club that still only has one premiership and people still talk about 66. Like, they trot those fucking players out every year. And I'm like, they don't even want to be here anymore. You hear them every time they interview. They're just like, can someone please just win another one? Like, we don't, we get it and we're honoured, but please.
0: We want to die. (laughs) We want to stay home for these events. (laughs) These are younger man events. It was 50 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, at Hawthorne, guys from four years ago can't get an invite. (laughs) Because they have got too many modern-day premiership players. <laughs> and that's
1: where we end the football chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, back to tennis. Tennis, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know what? I love it because uh, yeah, when people hear this on Sunday, well, they'll know half of the result. But however it goes, it's almost like, and I don't believe any of that bullshit about, you know, 2016 was a terrible year. And two- time, you know, is literally like a made-up construct when it comes to that sort of thing personally you know when everyone else was like 2016 worst year ever i was like bulldogs won the fucking premiership mate Man, like, shut up my yeah, tv show the won only thing that died both, was my shame my tv show won both of the major tv awards this year it was a great year for me yeah yeah like you know what i mean like you and donald trump me and trump <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh but that was the other thing i was thinking too when i was thinking about you it's like oh wow this like this uh event with the bulldogs like permanently changes who will is yeah it, it, it definitely changes our relationship yeah, for like sure. Like so much of, of our, what we bonded over was the fact that we had to lose a clubs right. But now it's like I don't know Matt, I feel like you you know we're we're like the, those high school girls that you know came out of primary school together and stuff and then you went away for some and came back really glamorous. Yeah. And now I see that all the jocks are talking to you and stuff and I'm like, "Well, I hope you'll still hang out with me and stuff, but I can see that you know they're going to they got they drive, they're a bit older, they're going to get you into college parties and stuff and I'm going to be like, "We're still friends, right, Will? And you're going to be nice to me?" But you won't be able to identify with me anymore. You won't feel like the the, the dumpy one who hasn't hit puberty yet.
0: I understand the analogy you're making, but uh, I'm going to reassure you, Charlie, that I have a completely different way that I look at it. Mm. And it's much more like the relationship between Sherlock and Dr. Watson in that uh, there's accusations that Sherlock only keeps Dr. Watson around and the nature of their friendship is that Sherlock likes someone that they can show off. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah. So you
0: know, it'll just be nice
1: that you know. Well, you know what? I'm probably one of the few guys you can do that to because you'd otherwise you'd have to be friends with a GWS supporter or a Port right. Adelaide supporter. Yeah, exactly. Well, we still and, in st- and Port Adelaide wouldn't even count because they had theirs in the last fucking twenty years.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, he's even a Richmond supporter can hold it over you. Over you? No, they can't. Oh, they can in no. terms of club history. Who cares? We won. The- well, history, mate. Uh, who won the last <laughs> AFL premiership? Western Bulldogs, mate. Um, so, no, I mean, I think that it has changed me. There's no doubt about that. I know we said we were going to stop talking about football, but, but this is beyond football. Yeah, I mean, but it honestly is one of those things where i I, I literally do not know it has changed me as a human being. <laughs> Like, I think about it every single day. Oh, my God, you would. Like, every single day. There's not been a day that's gone by since it happened. And the amount of, like, joy... Speaking of, like... Okay, so you know what you're talking about, those human moments, those things that make when you're like oh this is because you know what football is nonsense it's made up nonsense but my career is like what i do for a job is also made up nonsense it's not necessary to the world like you know it's a first world indulgence you know stand-up comedy and podcasts and tv shows and shit like that it's the same as sport it's just made up for the entertainment of actually people who to distract us for one minute that we're all going to die right exactly so you know and i love it and i've invested in it and i've decided that's my thing that i care about And I had also reconciled myself as a human being. Like I'd I'd been on that journey of hope and I had got to the point where I was like, oh, are you willing for the rest of your life to follow and love and, you know, whatever a sport and a team that may never give you the ultimate reward? And when I decided yes, like, you know, you talk about, how you're different in your 20s to your 30s Mm. to your 40s. It felt like it was a really pivotal moment in my philosophy of life, which was me going, no, 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 no. I can enjoy this because what I enjoy about this, that it is a parallel for life. In the same way as with my career, I would like to keep trying to be the best that I can be, but you've also got to embark on that journey at a certain point in your life, probably knowing that you will never fully realize that or you will never be as good or as like, you know, the best or the whatever, like yeah. chances are that none of us will ever get to be that. So when I resigned myself to that and also resign not resigned, when mm. I kind of just accepted that that was, no, I can love the journey. Yeah. I can enjoy that. This is what it is. It's about how it makes me feel. But then to, for it to have paid off and me to actually have experienced mm. the joy it does change my entire life perspective. Of course it Because does. it's one of those things where I'm going... Anything
1: is possible.
0: I mean, I have written... This is so embarrassing, but I'm going to fucking tell you anyway. So, I did something really embarrassing today. I had to... It's, it's my worst nightmare. So, I just recorded my special for Stan, uh, like, last Sunday night. Thank you to everyone who came out to the comedy theatre. Awesome audience. Um, I, I was a bit jet-lagged and I... I it wasn't my favourite performance of the show, but... Everyone was such a good audience and like it was good and, you know, I think it all, all look good. But this morning I had to watch it back to make sure they you know, edited it in the right way and whatever. And that's a horrible experience for me, particularly in a show where I knew there was a few lines or a few things that just didn't, I quite, didn't quite now. So I knew I would see each of every one of those fucking things like in that moment. But one of the things that like a got me through that was that idea of going, Well, of course, it's not going to be perfect because you're not perfect. Like it's more arrogant to think that I am perfect Mm -hmm. and that I would have got it perfect because I'm not, you know, I know I'm not. Me more than anybody else is aware of my limitations. But I look at that and then I look at that next step. I've written in my notes for my show so many times this year, no ceiling on what you could, this could be. And that was the thing that came out of what the dogs dogs did was me going, no, no, no. Mm. Like, don't believe like there's a little thing that I have on my desk. I don't have a lot of things on my desk. I just moved it because I was moving my rug today, but it's uh, it, like, you know, I'm not a big inspirational quotes person. And I say that lying through my teeth yeah, because I love inspirational them, quotes. I love them all over the place. I love inspirational quotes, but my favorite one is uh, what would you achieve if you uh, thought you could not fail? Yeah. And that's, uh, no, what would you attempt if you thought you could not fail? Sorry. What would you attempt? Heart surgery. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I mean, that idea of going, well, why couldn't I do something great? Yeah. That thing wasn't great. Like, I mean, it wasn't great as in what I imagine great might be, but why couldn't I? Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, those, but that, that, that is a constant battle you have with. I've, I've just discovered something about writing this year, which it's taken me fucking 15 years to learn you know, because I did a lot of workshops this year and, you know, weekend intensives and stuff, just trying to, like, just learn more about the craft. You know, I feel like I've done a lot of work and I've read a lot, but, you know, you can always... I feel like you can always learn more. Of course. And there's this message that came through everything that I saw, which was so disheartening because I knew it was true. But it was... Nothing makes writing better apart from work. Right. Like, you know, every... I'm sure there are like some geniuses who first draft spit it out. I'm sure that happens.
0: Oh mate, you hear about um, uh, the Deadwood guy? Like he'll be on set, Mm. like literally like writing the lines and then just handing them to actors and say say this now. And he's made some amazing stuff. But and Aaron Sorkin would you know take a bag of mushrooms and like you know (laughs) shit out fucking West Wing scripts overnight and stuff like that. Woody Allen
1: writes every script in a fucking typewriter.
0: Right, but in general. For the rest of us if you're not you know Yeah well if you're not a modern day genius. There was this this script editor that Gemma worked with who had this
1: motto and it was there's no such thing as a good idea. There's only an idea and then how much work you put into it. And I think that thing of Yeah, sure, I want this to be amazing and then you get to an endpoint like you put your show up or, you know, you record something or you have a read through, whatever it is, and it doesn't hit. It's the challenge it's always the, the temptation is always to just default back to i scrap it i knew right. it it's too hard i'll never get it but it really is that thing for me at least i'm sure be work differently is just by putting the hours in and it's a grind it's a real fucking grind but then something shifts just through the act of actually doing it
0: i but mean it, I, it's I, a hard I, reminder though. so much of it can come from like you know uh you can be i can be like cleaning the pool right and i'm there and then suddenly everything comes together in my head and I know exactly how everything is meant to be. But that can only happen if I've spent previously the hours, that magic moment where it can all come to me. Mm. Like it needs me to have put in gestating. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, to go back to an athlete's analogy, like, you know, you can probably, if you haven't put in a preseason, <laughs> you can come back and based on your skill alone, have one yeah. good game, but you're going to come back next week and you know, you won't be able to do it again. Yeah. Like, Yes, sometimes you can have moments of inspiration where it all just comes to you, you know. Mm. Um, the dude who wrote Scream wrote it like in a week or two weeks in a hotel room and it just yeah. came out. And that's a, you know. But, you, but again, but,
1: those stories are often misnomers. Like they always say, you know, Sly wrote Rocky in three days. Yeah. He wrote the first draft in three days. Yeah. He then did eight drafts afterwards. He had the inspiration He, about he wrote the word Rocky. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. A
0: boxer. And then dollar signs next to it. Yeah. <laughs> and then a love heart around <laughs> And that took him three days. But that's the,
1: that's the inspiration and then yeah. everything else is actually how you put it into practice. But, you know, to go back to your, your football analogy, like I follow a team that hasn't had that success, has gotten very close. But I feel like, well, if you're in it for the outcome, you know, you're going to, you there's 16 other teams, I mean, 17 other teams, like you're going to be disappointed. Like, just enjoy the moments. Like there's so many, I have seasons on DVD where we never won the grand final, but there's games I can recall and stuff. And it's like, You know, it's sort of, it feels what you're laughing at. No, I mean, (laughs)
0: but that's what I feel like. That's a loser talking. No, (laughs) I feel like now that's actually how I will watch football. Right. You know, so, okay, here's the major way. We need to do a football podcast (laughs) because clearly we've got to talk about it. But um, I think the thing that all changes, I think from now on, I'll be able to watch bulldogs games live on the telly so in the past oh, yeah, people I've always talked about the idea that I've been so nervous there's just been so much build up and expectation that it gets to the point where mm. I can't I I will watch every other game in the weekend but I have to wait until the game's <laughs> over it's until so I watch funny. that game I know exactly what you're talking about but now I don't feel like I need to at yeah. least for a few years I feel like I can now just enjoy you know watching it like I'm like okay it's the monkey's off my back you yeah. know now I can just kind of enjoy it
1: Let's save it for another podcast.
0: Yeah. I've brought something in. Yes. That I think will be of interest to a TOEFOP audience. That, that's good. I mean, the only thing I was going to say about Federer, um, Nadal... <laughs> Williams sisters <laughs> is it feels to me like rather than 2016, 2017 has decided to ease us in with a bitterness, like welcome yeah, nostalgia. Yeah, totally. It's like, he's yeah, a, a warm hug guy. It's guys. like the force awakens of tennis. Yeah. It's yeah. like, Hey, you guys remember these remember guys? This? You Yay! guys like those guys. How good was it eight years ago when this happened all yeah, the time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you want to take a break first? Oh yeah. Let's take a break. Through? No, let's take a break. And we'll, okay. let, Cause I need to go to the bathroom. and we're back. Yes. So you said you had something. What what do you have?
1: So um this was uh, I found this on is it it's Gizmodo, right? It wouldn't be Gizmodo.
0: Let's hope not. I think that's a completely different site, Gizmodo. <laughs> Gizmodo. <laughs> I uh, think that would be with a J, right? Yeah, and no, this is yeah.
1: this is Gizmo as in like Yeah, as in like Gremlin. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Gizmo
1: as in a device. Yeah. I don't even know it. What kind of magazine is Gizmodo?
0: Some sort of device slash like gremlin a, like publication a, from what you've described. Geez, I, even, I should have checked the source. It does it's seem right. to be like, oh, it's fake news. Hashtag no, no, fake news. I don't think it is. I think Hashtag fake news.
1: Hang on. I think it's like, I think it's like wide.
0: Alternate facts. Jeez. By the way, big shout out to everybody who uh, over the time when- It the- looks like a tech- Publication. Yeah, it's a tech. It's it's a okay. tech. Okay. So, that? but yes, I was just teasing. But, <laughs> right. but a big shout out to everybody when the whole like f- uh, fake news, uh, alternate fact stuff was going Amazing. down. Like, sh- did a shout out to the fact that we were the original, original. purveyors <laughs> yeah. of fake news and so alternate quite. facts. So, <laughs>
1: had about time. Uh, so they compiled a list of the five creepiest stories of last year. Oh, okay. And there's one creepiest
0: that... in what way? What what's their kind of description? Well, I won't read them all. There's one in particular that I want to okay. read.
1: But like so um, the you know, the creepy clowns on the rise, for instance, you know, the fun okay. of creepy clowns. And then there was another story about disappearing shipwrecks, that these like giant masses of ships are disappearing overnight.
0: Whatever, really mate. I went to Bermuda made it back.
1: Oh, yeah, shit. Drop my, take that fucking
0: triangle. <laughs> I mean, I ain't afraid of no geometry. <laughs> uh, but this
1: story was Australian and I hadn't heard of it uh, and... I don't know. Maybe they've got like links and stuff. I'm assuming it's legit, but it's it's called the Trump. Says
0: everyone on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> there's
1: links and shit. It's called the Trumps, and the first line is no, not the Trumps. <laughs> has to be said. You may have followed the tumultuous story of the Trump family as it happened, but if this is the first thing you're hearing about it, you are in for a wild ride. This is by Haley Williams. I should just credit. That, okay, because right? this is not my my words.
0: Hayley Williams of Gizmodo.
1: Yeah. Uh, Gizmodo, not Gizmodo.
0: Not Gizmodo.
1: One day in August, the Trump family of five—husband and wife Mark and Jacoba—and their three adult children, Rihanna, not Rihanna, Rihanna. Okay, Mitchell. Does and it say Ella. not Rihanna? Yeah, it does. In bracket, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Different spelling. Got into their car and drove away from their home in Melbourne with
0: little warning, heading north. Okay. Passport. Who, who are you meant to warn though when you're driving away from your oh, house? If you're
1: taking the family out on a trip, you think you'd tell like your who? Brother. Well, I, I go on trips
0: all the time. I'll Who do I brother? tell?
1: I tell my brother when I go away.
0: I tell no one when I go away. I mean, I tell But you go Amy. all the time. Yeah. yeah.
1: But no, but if you and Amy were going away, would you tell no one? I'd Amy tell would no
0: tell one. She'd tell people, but I'd tell no one.
1: But you're pointing it no out one's as if it business. was unusual... To just not, it's not unusual for people to just take Why that. are people
0: telling other people things? Like, why are, is it anyone's you, I business? I
1: think you're fixating on a very minor
0: detail. No, but I'm just interested in, like, does everyone tell someone when they're going away? Well, like, I mean, I understand if you have, like, you know, cats to feed or something like that. But in general, if you're just a family okay. going away, right. is it traditional that you would alert yes. people to the fact that you're yeah. going away? If you've
1: got neighbours, you'd say, hey, we're going to be away for a week. Can you take the bins out? Would you? Would you? Yes. What fucking kind of,
0: like... Savage land did you grow up in? Where you didn't tell your neighbors when you were going away? I'm constantly on the road and I'm never at home, Charlie. So I don't live by other people's rules in these regards. I'm interested. I'm not making saying, judgments. I did, but I just think literally. Think it. Like if you I'd be away, telling people all the time. Imagine ca- if your, I your
1: cats have to go somewhere, for instance. So your vet knows that you're going away. You know what I mean? Like you're telling someone.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. But I'm still not really you're telling fixating them. on a okay. very, very minor. Thing. No, it's just it gets weird. It's yeah, but it's just foreign to my world. So I just want to understand. I want to step into. the you know, people don't live their lives the same way as I live my life. Okay. So just to recap, family
1: five, uh-huh. dad and mum, Mark and Jacoba, the three children, Rihanna, Mitchell Rihanna, and Rihanna, not Rihanna. Oh, it's no Rihanna. It's R I A N A. I think it's Rihanna.
0: Why did you then the no, first I time said you Rihanna, said Rihanna, Rihanna, not Rihanna, not Rihanna?
1: I said Rihanna, not Rihanna.
0: Oh, did really? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. i don't think. I don't know. Passports, credit cards and mobile phones had all been left behind at their house. Aside from the phone belonging to Mitchell, the son.
0: Okay, hang on. So they've left behind their passports. Not unusual at this point, unless they're going overseas. Yep. I would leave my passport behind in those occasions. What else have they credit left cards behind? cards and mobile phones. That's weird. Okay, so if you're leaving your credit card Only and your mobile Mitchell, phone. Only Mitchell,
1: the son, was carrying a phone. He brought it along, but barely 30 kilometers into their drive was pressured to throw it out the car window as they went. So what's happening is, this is the story that's being reconstructed. Like, you know. Yeah, obviously. Yeah,
0: like in, in, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah. Um I uh, Justin and I uh, once were touring through I think regional western Australia and uh we had uh one of our managers was doing the driving and uh, we had it picked up at a truck stop uh, mm. on CD um uh, the latest Rodney Rood album mm. and uh we were enjoying listening to the latest Rodney Roode album for a, a range of reasons yeah. uh in the car. And then in one of the coolest moves of all time, uh, the, the girl from my management company who was uh, driving the car has wound down the window, pushed eject on the CD player, grabbed the Rodney Rood CD and flung it into the desert. <laughs> And just kept driving. And that's I was like, awesome. yeah, that's a pretty cool move.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I, told, I think maybe I've told this story before, but it's worth telling again. We have a friend in common. Uh, we can't name him for obvious reasons, but he uh, was working on a, a TV show up in Queensland. If I uh, told you this story. I don't know. And when he got up there, it was Friday, and the crew had all knocked off early, and there's this huge party raving at you know this apartment where all the crew and cars were hanging out and stuff. And so he got straight to the party from the airport, put his bag down, and then everyone, you know, got drunk and stuff, and they've gone over to the beach, um, you know, to continue the party at this bonfire. And so someone's giving him some acid. And so he's having this acid trip. He's having a good time. But then he sort of looks around and realizes that everyone he knows has kind of left this bonfire party. Obviously, everyone's gone back to the apartment. But he's new. He's just taken, like, a hit of acid.
0: Now, I'm not going to delve too deeply into this, because obviously for, you know, reasons. Once you said acid, let's not dig too deeply. But... Um, had he been given the acid by someone yeah. in the work party or yeah. someone No, one of his friends. Ex- okay, so one but, of friends. but one of the people from yeah. the thing he was on not just a random person yeah, yeah, who yeah. was external yeah, no, like the party okay. the party right.
1: he, so he'd basically moved
0: to the I think beach that makes a party, difference. And yep. then someone gave him some acid yep.
1: and then next thing he knew like everyone was gone. There's a few stragglers but he didn't know who they were. So He's lost, starts wandering out. You know how it's like when you're in a remote kind of beach place and you're trying to fucking get through the bushes back to the main road. If there's no streetlights or anything, it's like pitch black. Uh-huh. So he's like crashing around in the bushes trying to sort of find his way back. Gets completely lost, ends up at this kind of area, like a sort of boggy area. And there's four guys trying to get their mates' ute, like unbog it. So in his... Hang on, what did you just call it? Unbogged. Debog it, get it out of
0: the bog. Unbogged, probably. Unbogged. Unbogged. To get, no, to get, to unbog it. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They wanted to debog. They (laughs) wanted to debog the car. (laughs) They wanted to reverse bog. I mean, it just seemed like a weird way to say it. It exactly was. They wanted to gob it. It's a reverse bog. So he sees Can you help God my car? He sees the
1: dudes trying to uh debog the car. Yeah, sure. And so in his acid riddled mind he's like, Well, I need to get these guys inside so I can ask for directions. So I'll just go out and start helping them. And then they'll be so grateful. They'll ask me uh, if I need any help and I can ask them where the apartment is. So he just walks up (laughs) like tripping and starts pushing this ute. Yeah. And he says, like the guys are pushing one, two, and then they just sort of stop and look at him and one guy goes, Who the fuck are you? (laughs) Oh really? So they're not help. They're no, not, they're not happy for the extra hand. No, because some shirtless fucking tripping dude has just come out of the bushes and started pushing their ute
0: I mean, here's what I would say: is I would still be appreciating the the help, <laughs> uh, regardless of how sus but the would, person was. But would you not
1: say who the fuck are you?
0: No, I'd be like, I'd let him. It help. was far north Queensland. You know, that what, is a friendly greeting. Here's where I would say it: once we were debogged, once you had unbogged the yeah. car, I would be like, and you, sir. Who are you, kind stranger, who came by and assisted us in this journey? When I look down there were Thou five has se- the pupils thus dilated. <laughs> help us unbogged our vehicle. Our, util- our utility, utility vehicle.
1: vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> so the his scarp is back into the bushes. Yeah. Spends, oh, that, that's heaps less sus. Sp-
0: spends rest of just it. like he just fucks off. Spends, when they say who the fuck are you? He runs away. Well he's tripping. Well yeah, but now they're fucked their... See, so now they have no one to help. Well, so you, that you was, seem to be more worried about
1: the secondary characters and our protagonist in this story.
0: I mean, I am like the worst reviewer of all time. <laughs> I know you're trying to tell a fucking story, and I'm like, what about this character? When are <laughs> they coming back in? I'm the guy who watched Westworld, and I want to go, what happened to Stubbs? <laughs> Where was the Hemsworth? Where's the rest of his story? So he goes back to the
1: beach, and he wanders up and down, finally finds his way to a road, and gets to a fucking payphone. He's like, okay, great. My bag's back at the apartment. I can call the bag. Someone will hear my phone ringing. Hopefully, they'll answer it then they can direct me from wherever I am. So, he calls his bag. Meanwhile, the party is still raging back at the apartment. And his ringtone is his like wife or his girlfriend at the time you know, doing this weird, like, ee-hoo, ee-hoo, just like a funny little kind of like like vocal trill. Right. So, everyone at the party is also tripping. So, all of a sudden, the music stops because everyone hears this, ee-hoo, ee-hoo, and it starts freaking everyone out. So, they're all searching the apartment for this, and it starts freaking everyone out. They find his bag, and they're so freaked out they fucking hurl it at the apartment, over the balcony, and keep going back to the party. So the sun comes up. He's <laughs> finally fucking finds his way back to the apartment. He's walking down the street. He looks down. He finds his backpack in the middle of the road. It's like it's my backpack. And he looks up and he sees the party. <laughs> Everyone's like, someone waving to him from the
0: balcony. He's like, what? Yeah, doesn't matter. It's fine. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> All right, so uh, this family... The Trumps. The Trumps. Yeah. Not the Trumps. Five of them set out. One of them has a phone. 30 minutes in, he is pressured to throw the phone out of the the window. window. Youngest child. What was his name? Matthew. Mitchell. Mitchell. Better. Good rewrote.
1: The family was apparently paranoid. Worried that the phone was being used to track them Uh and that someone was after them or wanted to kill them.
0: Okay, sure. I mean, it sounds like a family fling someone who wants to kill them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you've left all your identification at home, either that or they thought they were on that new television show, Hunted. <laughs> Have you seen that? No. Oh. Oh, my God. I've only watched half of the first episode. It's and it's already both the worst and best show I'm ever going to watch what in my is entire it like, life. Is Humans Are the Hardest Prey? Is it like something like that, where they so, drop someone in the woods and... Teams of people, kind of amazing race style or survivor style or whatever. But just out of, like, you've got a 100,000 square miles or something, which is the hunted zone. It's like three states or four states or whatever. And you just get basically tapped on the shoulder and it's you and a partner. Like, so, like, a guy and his girlfriend or whatever. And then suddenly you are being hunted by, like, ex-FBI, CIA, professional, blah, blah, blah. And they, like, film these people as they try to literally go on the run, go on the lamb. You have $500. Like that you can get out of this bank account, but you can ask friends, family. So they're tracking your friends. They're looking oh, through your Facebook, I would be so bad, mate. Bad. They'll oh. catch
1: me in fucking two minutes. Well, because like not have left the, the first time spot. you go to
0: the ATM to get some money, they got you. They, well, they immediately at least know where you are, and they know who all your friends are, and they're trying to track everybody. It's, I mean, it yeah. is one of those shows where you are like. Hmm, oh, there's a trail of donuts leading to this cage. I would be fascinated, like, because I always have. Do you ever have that scenario of like if you were if you were being hunted or chased or whatever? What you would how you would cope with that And often thought of it no hiding spots I'm a big person I'm like oh really yeah I'm just a big like, like
1: if the if, if the kind of stormtroopers bust into your house and they're
0: looking for you you've got a you've got a crawl space yeah so like there's firstly in this house. Well, he, behind the lampshade, we can see. you. In the swimming pool here, the deck has been built over, like oh. the end of the original swimming That's pool. That's where you put and your. And there's a little tank. space there yeah. where you can literally duck under there and hide. Yeah. But there's still enough room that you could just kind of like breathe there. Yeah. Good hiding space. Yeah. But also just like I imagine if someone like attacked or whatever, like I'm big on just the find somewhere you think is like somewhere they won't look. Yeah. And then just never move.
1: If you're if you're a superhero, you'd be like the chameleon. Because yeah. you literally just blend into the environment and try not to move.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I think that would be my approach. Yeah. It's just like find somewhere that they probably won't check. Yeah, Like go up in the attic of my house. Like, because we haven't checked in there in 12 years since oh, we no, moved in. Oh, there's six people
1: living in there. There may well Rent be. Rent in Sydney is so expensive, mate. I mean, seriously. I that's could like a pro- thousand
0: bucks a week. I should clean that out and <laughs> yeah, get some backpackers in there, yeah. to be honest with you. All right. So the Trumps, uh, Mitchell throws the phone away. Yeah. They of course, dro- the millennial. Millennial Mitchell's taken the phone with we don't him because he can't he's. get away from his... We don't know how old he is. Well, he's still a millennial, though, fu- right?
1: Well, it just says they're kids. They could be fully grown kids.
0: Yeah, but still he's a millennial, even if he's a fully grown kid, right?
1: What if he's my age? Am I a millennial?
0: Oh, no. Well, okay, yeah, maybe yeah. not.
1: They drove... So it doesn't say how old he was. No, they just say three children. Okay. They drove eight hundred kilometres away to the town of Bathurst, New South
0: Wales, driving yep. for an entire day and night. It was in Bathurst that Mitchell, you're Victorian, by the way, and as am I. And the reason uh, people can tell that is because of how you just said that. Apparently, it's Bathurst.
1: Bathurst. Not yeah, Bathurst. but but
0: uh, but Victorians say Bathurst. Uh, yeah.
1: Bathurst. It's like Prahan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, dickheads. It goes both ways. Yeah. Uh, it was in Bath Bathurst that Mitchell left the rest of the family, parting ways at seven a.m. the next morning. The other four continued on to the Janolan Janol Caves. Here, the two sisters, Rihanna and Ella, stole a car and parted ways with their parents, driving south to Goulburn.
0: Okay, so hang on. Mitchell get-
1: gets out at 7
0: a.m. Yeah, at takes him- off. No one sees Right, so Mitchell goes his own way. Yep. Back to get his phone, probably.
1: The other four drive on to the Janolan Caves. Right. Then Rihanna and Ella get out of the car, and steal, they steal another car, car, and go south.
0: And do we know how they stole the car? Have they like hot wired a car that no one's in, or you, did you they you
1: crack the the steering column and rub two wires together? I mean, I
0: met, but they haven't like you carjack someone or something Maybe. like that. There's not there's not that
1: many details in okay. this article. But I, I mean, would, how do they know how to suspect, steal a car? Is I, this is a
0: family full of people who know how okay, to hot wire a to car,
1: steal, if you'd have to steal a car, jacking it is the easiest. Oh, On, like, it's the go only a way. petrol station. That's I could I only
0: steal a car that already had the keys in it. Yeah, hundred percent. There's no, I don't know what. To do otherwise. Well,
1: if you had time, take something for a test drive, and then just try and fucking get the guy Yeah, but that's that an
0: elaborate plan. It doesn't yeah. feel like they had the When time you're on to... the When you're on the run, when you've been hunted, yeah, so I, they didn't that. go to Janolan to, to Caves Toyota and go. <laughs> I want to test drive a fucking Corolla. Just really
1: super <laughs> panicked. Haven't slept in forty eight hours. They're like hairs all stringy. Like they're like, can
0: we get your credit card details and phone number? Yeah. <laughs> 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 what we just need is your passport your credit card details and your phone number you alright so Mitchell fucks off at 7am okay. they drive on a bit further to, to Nolan Caves where
1: Rihanna yep. and Ella get out and they, steal a, they car, steal a car their own car and they head south to Goulburn it was there that the two in Goulburn that the two sisters made a report that their parents were missing before the two of them split up again
0: so and hang they, on did they drive a stolen car to a police station to make a report
1: uh, you can make a report from a payphone you don't have to be there in person
0: yeah it's a good point
1: before the two of them split again.
0: Again, I'd still like to know the details, though. I'd like to know how ballsy they were. Did they drive a stolen car up if to you're a police paranoid, station? you were which sounds like they were, yeah. you wouldn't go to a police Okay, station. probably not. That's true.
1: Although we don't know. Like, I mean, we can speculate when we okay. get to the bottom of the article. Sure. Ella left to go home, arriving back at the farm on a Tuesday night and finding the police there, investigating. She so hang
0: on, why why are the police involved at this? Because stage? they're
1: missing, because she they made the report that the parents were missing, so the police have gone to the farm. Oh,
0: okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. Sorry. So she's called the because police. up until that point there is actually nothing. Or apart, nothing well, suspicious. they stole they stole a car, so mm. a crime was committed at that point. But up yeah. until the point of the. The, the, the stolen car there wasn't even a crime in this yeah, right that's right it was just a family going away on a Thro- drive well
1: maybe he's throwing a, throwing a phone out a window
0: littering. littering there's a littering offence and there is a uh, I guess there's once a, again a,
1: Will picks up on the inconsequentials
0: driving unlicensed <laughs> is technically you're meant to have your driver's license with you at all times so somebody was driving unlicensed and there was a stolen car so yeah. there is And the missing people. So there's some some crimes. Jeez, you are the most... uh, uh, Thorough? thorough prosecutor. I mean, look at you. You've played a policeman. You can't yada, yada, yada this shit. You've got to investigate it all. Uh, So uh, Rihanna, Ella arrives back
1: to find the place investigating. She was the first Trump to be successfully located, followed by Mitchell, who caught a series of trains to arrive home on the Wednesday morning. Like a 1920s hobo. <laughs> right. See, that to me, I mean, unless it was passenger trains, I'd like to imagine that it's the old style, you know. I mean, I'm not even trains. sure
0: what this plan is. Like, that's the great thing about this is like, like, why has Mitchell gone out on his own? Like, why is he coming back by train? Well, that's the whole point. Like, though. why is somebody stealing a car and somebody else is like accurately following public transportation? <laughs> like, it feels like... Well, this is that. Okay. That's all right. So... Uh,
1: Will all be revealed? No. Okay. That's the point. But that this is the conundrum. All, All right. these it's it's a series of non-sequiturs. But we'll get to that. All right. A golden man driving to Canberra on the Tuesday made a strange discovery because oh, their parents are still missing. Okay. Well the other three. So So uh, where are Rihanna, the parents at this stage? They, they or would this kept be revealed. When the girls just They kept out the car and, kept, and going kept going north. Okay. Yeah. North past um Beth- Bathurst. A golden man driving to Canberra on the next Tuesday made a strange discovery when he felt something kicking in the back of his seat. When he stopped he found Rihanna trump curled up in his ute in a catatonic state so catatonic means like you can't speak or react right like you're
0: hang on, is he in the ba- back
1: he in felt his Ute. but what did he feel how Stra- did something kicking in the back of his seat when he stopped to look he found rihanna curled in his ute in a catatonic state so i guess
0: the ute was did a he tra- turn to her and say who the fuck are you <laughs> <laughs> and then did the oh what a feeling so, <laughs> Toyota's ad campaigns have gotten
1: very dark.
0: <laughs> the Trump family test driving a Toyota. Mate, that'd
1: be a great tie-in. <laughs> oh, what a feeling. Trump Yoda. <laughs> so, he found her in a catatonic state. She apparently had no idea either where or who she was, okay. let alone how she got there. He delivered her back to the Goulburn police, who delivered her into psychiatric care at Goulburn Hospital. Her sister, Ella, meanwhile, was charged with the theft of the car... It took from Janolan
0: to Goulburn, so you'd be happy about that. Well, you can't blame Rihanna because she was in a catatonic state.
1: <laughs> but they took it together, I thought.
0: Well, I mean, that's what you think, but they we've... can't. So they can't press one of them's made home, right home and of one of them's mind. not right in mind, you know.
1: Okay, fair enough. Because she can't. You read really this
0: know. is so complex. I love it. This is already amazing. This is the worst I've world. never heard this story before. The two parents were still
1: missing, however. No, I just the, got the intonation wrong. The two parents were still missing, however. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, sure. The comma fooled me. And then an interstate search kicked off for Mark. The comma Jac- fooled me. We've <laughs> got the name of the episode. <laughs> for Mark and Jacoba Trump. They'd been driving back towards Melbourne, but became separated in the town of Wangaratta.
0: Hang on, what? So now they've split up. They've got to Wangaratta, and they've gone... There's yeah. two Wangs, and they've taken a different Wang age. Yeah, that's right. One went to Wang, the other went to Ratta. <laughs> Jacoba somehow
1: managed to get herself to the town of Yas. Yes.
0: So she's uh driving Don't the car, her. I guess, still. Or- well,
1: it doesn't say. They just say they, they had they've been driving back to Melbourne, but they came separated. So she somehow managed well, if it says somehow she managed to get to herself to Yes, then Okay, then maybe, okay, then maybe,
0: the maybe not. Maybe she's the one who doesn't have the car. Yeah, he made
1: her walk. Where she was found the next day, 350 kilometers away. So she somehow covered that distance. I don't think she walked.
0: Okay, so she's made it to she us. She
1: too was taken for psychiatric care and eventually moved to be with her daughter in Goulburn. But there was, one, there, was but there was. still one Trump left to be found. Mark, the father, who'd been spotted a few times behaving erratically. First, he had dangerously tailgated another car in Wangaratta. Before being seen fleeing from a silver Peugeot the family had taken from the silver Peugeot the family had taken on the trip. Okay, so he Even still the has keys the keys in ignition. Yeah. Right. But he ran off from the car, leaving the keys in the ignition. The search ramped up after a night of heavy rain in the area, with rivers becoming swollen and searchers becoming worried about Mark's well being. He was eventually found on the Saturday, almost a week after the whole ordeal began. He was located by a road near Wangeroda Airport. But so- at this stage
0: Has he committed any crime?
1: Well, tailgating, I guess. Dangerous driving. (laughs) I mean, their
0: family always got something going on. I don't think...
1: But the police aren't investigating because of crime. The police are investigating... There's a missing person. There's a missing person. Okay, all right. And clearly with some psychiatric issues. Sure. So why did they do it? Investigators believe that the family were never in any danger from an outside party. And they weren't found to be under the influence of drugs. Nor did any of them have any previously diagnosed mental health problems. The most likely fact would be that there was some kind of shared delusion, though even the family didn't really know exactly what had happened. As Ella said, when she and her brother faced the press outside the family farm, there's no one reason for it. It's just bizarre. I mean... Understatement of the year. I mean, accurate description, I would say. What do you reckon? It's fascinating, right? Like, it has all the hallmarks of a J.J. Abrams-like pilot episode.
0: Right. Where you're like, well, this is all one family, but now they all have these distinct stories. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can, okay. Well, firstly, I can see why people are fascinated by it because obviously it's a mystery and people are fascinated by mysteries. Um, I don't know. Like the obvious, the most obvious thing is if perhaps there was some mental health issues that that has played into it, but without knowing whether they've had previous mental health issues or what the ongoing effects of that mental health issues has been. Let's just say, let's say, Just for the sake of speculation in this so that we're not being, you know, that that was episodic. That they had not experienced like kind of mental health issues before and they haven't since kind of experienced, you know, ongoing, you know, similar sort of things. But it was just a one-off thing. Is that idea of like sharing a mass delusion something that can happen? Yeah, I reckon probably. Because like, I mean... Right, and that's what, like, you know... It only
1: takes one charismatic individual to convince people who are easily influenced. You've been hypnotized before. I have. And,
0: you know, I mean, we talk about even on a sense of, like, confirmation bias, all those sort of things about being in... Like, I mean, I have friends, like, you know, speaking about people you know from the old days on Facebook. Mm. Yeah, there's a few of those people that pop up some pretty uh, outrageous views and conspiracy theories and flat-earth stuff and anti-vax stuff and whatever, where you're like... Ah, well, you, I mean, you believe this. Like, and you clearly are see, seeing a lot of information that supports this. Yeah, I mean, human history is full of people being deluded into believing something that is true that's not true. So I guess that probably is the do most... Do you want to
1: hear what the experts speculate?
0: I, Of course I do.
1: So I don't know. This is a website I've never heard of. Okay. It's called Start 60.
0: Yeah, fake and news. Is it really? No, I mean... Expert probably.
1: has a new theory about the Trump... Family's disappearance. Okay. You might remember the story of the Trump family. Yeah, we just talked about it. Uh, I do
0: remember it actually. Yeah. Uh,
1: da, 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 when they were all found or returned home, the rumours, theories, and allegations started. No doubt you've heard them all.
0: No, I haven't. No. Have really t- Please. Please give us a recap. stop talking
1: back to the articles. It takes a lot longer to read. They're not rhetorical. They were on a psychoactive,
0: these are the examples. They were on
1: psychoactive drugs. They had financial charges. Well,
0: psychoactive drugs is one of those things where you'd immediately, but it said in that article that that you read that they were clean of drugs. Uh, They were mentally
1: disturbed or they were caught up in a cult. Everything we speculate. Yeah, again, sure. But experts have a different theory and it all comes down to what they describe as a shared mental break or shared delusions. Okay. You might be wondering how they've come to that conclusion. Yes, we are. article. Thank you. Well, medical sociologist Robert Bartholomew Good name for a sociologist. It
0: is, Robert isn't it? Robert Yeah, I check. I bet you he wears tweed. Yeah. Patches. there would yeah. be patches. Leather arm patches.
1: Medical sociologist Robert Bartholomew Yeah, <laughs> he's
0: going to say his name. Love it. It's,
1: and it's Robert. Never Rob or Bob. <laughs> Robert. Claims the Chomps Oh, fall Bob victim... Bartholomew. No, it's not Bob. It's <laughs> Robert. The Chomps fell victim to what he calls small group panics. Okay. Quote. Most episodes involve normally healthy people who, as a result of a series of unusual events, grow paranoid and literally scare themselves after growing convinced that their lives are in imminent danger, he wrote on his blog on Psychology Today. He claims... Okay, psychology Today is... Uh, uh, reputable. Yep. Yeah, a blog. And that's they have a silly, link. But... Uh, they have a link, which I'm not going to click. I'm just going to assume sure. that it doesn't go to Breitbart. <laughs> <laughs> he claims fatigue... Global warming is a Chinese scam! Yeah, that's no, what I we're going to love... find out, yeah. that it was feminism Yeah, it was feminism that caused it. <laughs> yeah. All these women started marching. See, this is what happens to normal families. He claims fatigue and fear cause members of a group to become emotionally unstable. Within this atmosphere of fear, members begin to redefine everyday objects and events in a new light. It is within this context that a car backfiring may be perceived as a gunshot right. or rustling in the bushes, mistaken for a monster or a hostile gang member. We've all
0: been in those situations to 100%. a certain extent where I can still like you suddenly get scared you. about something and that noise means something completely different.
1: Yeah, completely irrational fears too. Yeah. As it turns out, the Trumps aren't the first family to make headlines for simply disappearing. Mr. Bartholomew pointed to several other cases in the past 60 years, including that of an Australian family who claimed they survived an extraterrestrial adventure in 1988. You might remember that case when the Knowles family, not Knowles family because, well, he doesn't go to outer space. He goes to
0: Crazy Horse. Well, when he can get in. You might remember by the that way case. i i i have uh stayed out of the the shannon noel uh crazy horse uh because shannon and i have history that you either may know about and if you don't know about you can google it and you can find it but uh um i got sent that article i was overseas and like literally 50 60 people sent me that article like first thing they thought was like will needs to say this and i appreciate that and i thank each and every one of you but i feel like that shannon does not need me to be piling on to the fact that he is shannon Noel. and let him back into crazy horse <laughs> that's your maiden speech <laughs> Did uh, you run for parliament <laughs> my favorite bit of the story i will say and again I'm not here to revel in his misfortune, but the fact that while he was being tackled to the ground by the bouncer, apparently he passes by started singing "What About Me." That's not true. <laughs> That's what it said in one of the articles. Might be fake news. Yeah, right. But, but, but. Yeah, yeah, you might but. remember
1: <laughs> you might remember that case. The family that disappeared in 1988. The Knowles family um, thought they were being stalked and nearly abducted by a UFO. They claimed they say they they saw floating in the sky. Hang on, I just should point out there's a number of spelling mistakes in this article. Okay. So I'm mm-hmm. getting a bit nervous yeah, about sure. They claim they saw a UFO floating in the sky by the Nullarbor. Well, Mr. Bartholomew believes the Knowles case is very similar to the Tromps that they were all affected by a combination of stress and fatigue and were simply scaring themselves. Okay. While the Trump family hasn't said much about their disappearance, other than they thought they were being followed, and it was a family matter, the rest of Australia has been talking, which raises the question... Do we have a right to judge this family for whatever happened to them? No.
0: I mean, there is a part of me that even when we were talking about it is like, and I guess that's why I was asking about the crimes. Yeah. I mean, I guess they stole a car and they tailgated somebody and like they littered a phone. And I know why it's fascinating because none of us can explain it. But do we have a right to judge or a right to intrude too much? I mean, I guess a little, but not too much would be my... I don't think,
1: I don't think, I I don't feel that, from what I've read online about this, I don't feel like people are judging. I was actually surprised by that summation, that last paragraph. I, I think people are more just fascinated because, well, that's what fascinates me. It's like, well, you know, I don't believe in aliens or supernatural abductions or whatever. So what is the actual scientific explanation for this? I think that's more fascinating than any supernatural cause that,
0: you know, people might be. I mean, the with. idea of group, group delusion is something that I just, I mean, we see every day in, in so many different ways, whether it becomes the like advertising or, you know, like you said, cults, or even like we were talking about before supporting sports or whatever, yeah. like, you know, you involve yourself in like kind of a group delusion and then you get a crowd of people together who also are believing the same delusion that can become very, very powerful. And I imagine in family dynamics, if you all start to believe one thing, then... Mm. You- well, all you know, is
1: if they had a very charismatic father or
0: mother, one of the two kind of... Or like- kid. I feel like it was the kid. No, I think... Had the phone for the last a, moment. Has to be in a. I I feel like he figure. was a... No, Mitchell was like, yeah, but maybe he was like a Damien or like, you know, the kid from the Twilight Zone episode who could control everything and you just had to be nice to him. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's all on fucking Mitchell. Like he's the guy who's thrown the phone away. He's had the phone till the last a, moment. He's come back on the train. No, if this was a good thriller, it would be Ella or Rihanna. Rihanna was the one they found the cat, one who's the pret- catatonic. I think the catatonic. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's, if, if this was a film, yeah, if it was a film, here she we would, are talking about. Yeah. How are we going to judge yeah. and speculate? No, no. Like, no. Well, if, it film. Film if it was a film, if it was a film, she'd star. be the cause. This so is yeah yeah, yeah. You'd realize at the end, yeah, she like, catatonic. yeah, she'd get up and walk out of the wheelchair. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Do you want to hear some more theories? Yeah, of course. Police chief mark knight oh that's a now, this is, uh, Mama Ma- this, now this is also the name of the cartoonist from the Herald this is mamma mia reposting from the daily mail so make it that what you will <laughs> the moldy bread theory my favorite this what
0: is, hang on what this the is a multi-bread moldy, moldy oh this is sergeant i thought mark it was knight. like a multi-universe that was like the multi-bread theory <laughs> no, moldy. like the universe is like a sliced bread
1: and <laughs> This is uh, so everything's in quiet. So this is uh, okay. tech, uh, uh, police chief Mark Knight speaking. Yeah. My favorite theory is moldy bread, aka ergo induced psychosis. Ergo? E R G O T? Yeah, ergo. Strangely enough, ergo. It's a policeman, or- too. <laughs> ergo. Yeah. Fuck yourself. Now, strangely enough, ergo. <laughs> or the Australian version of Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> they Ego. do the same joke. Fuck yourself. fuck yourself. <laughs> Strangely enough, ergo or carbon monoxide poisoning was my first reaction. Ergo poisoning is a type of poison that occurs when an individual consumes a specific type of fungus okay. found on rye and crops such as wheat and barley. Ergo can cause confusion, hallucinations, and other mental health. Right, diseases. so this That's is kind nice. of
0: like your magic mushroom style. Yeah, you eat the wrong mushroom, you it have be a, a delusion. Could combination all these things. Yeah. Okay, these one. But mouldy bread. I didn't know that mouldy bread could get you fucked up. Let's get, bread. Bread. <laughs> Let's get some bread. Let's get some bread and leave out, it man. out in the heat. Yeah. <laughs>
1: In other news what today... Are you, what are you... <laughs> obscure <laughs> podcast host will Anatoly a and were found dead. Police found crumbs around their mouth. They think they may have tried to eat ergo. Ergo, fuck yourself. <laughs> that will be the headline in the Daily Telegraph. Ergo, fuck our, themselves. Like, <laughs> they'll post our actual mortuary photos, our dead faces, and it'll just be ergo, fuck yourselves. And then a subcolumn from Andrew Bolt Why these lefty... limousine l- lefties had to go eating white bread and then in the Moldy middle there'd be a bread. poll about who did you hate more Will or Charlie it's like I feel like the I feel like I was
0: biased <laughs> <laughs> who did you hate more whose death did you celebrate the most <laughs> yeah. when you heard they were dead yeah. who did you rejoice in the most in their 50-50 comments
1: yeah. column it'd just be all those text messages like, oh the next day yeah. it'd be like hashtag fuck Topop.
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I bought two loaves of bread today white bread fuck you Typho Fifty-fifty, <laughs> <50/50. laughs> Gary Denison uh, second theory
1: mob trouble my theory is that there's a deep secret that has yet to be revealed nothing medical about it i.e. they're in millions uh, I, for example they're millions in debt and have a contract out on them they fled trying to escape hence the tech free right. explanation to the kids Yep. got caught by the mob then some other things happened
0: well, there is like a lot of like organized crime in why Australia. Would,
1: why would they throw the, the tech free thing? Because they, because they don't want to be traced. Well, so you want to be traced. But the mob do that? Yeah, mate. Oh, find the my mob. friend. Find my phone.
0: Yeah, oh, Yeah, find my phone. Mate, I'm
1: what am I talking about? I could fucking track you now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Owing I'm mom. right here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Spoiler. Huh?
1: I'd win that hunting show. Yeah. Owing money and fleeing from dangerous debt collectors was my first thought, I have to admit. But it seems deeper and weirder than that, really. It's possible that they are in some sort of trouble and now, uh, with this bizarre mystery, the whole country and decent amounts of people around the world are paying attention. makes them pretty
0: untouchable. I don't think... That seems like a huge fucking lie to construct with five people. Like... I mean, I think moldy bread is more likely than... Than the mob, yeah, because they, they all got fun, they to all get got out of the mob. That is like a weird, but they all got plan. discovered
1: individually. So they they either had to have watertight stories when Mitchell got out of the car, mm. because otherwise, if you interview five separate people about the same event, you know, for it to match up as it obviously did, you know what I mean? Like, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. I like, don't think
1: I don't think it's a mob thing. No, I think mouldy broke The mental health theory. Yeah, it sounds to me like an isolated, very close knit family with at least two mentally ill parents. Again, to okay. me, it seemed like an illness the parents suffered from came to a crisis point point, set off two other family members. I could see that. Well,
0: that's it, because like uh, some mental illness can be hereditary as well. So. And also,
1: we still don't know how old the kids are. Like, right. if they're young kids, Hang on. Oh, parents Hang I'm, or... I'm going to
0: Google that. Let's just find out how old the Trump kids were. Mitchell Trump age, I'm just going to put, and let's see how that works out.
1: Mitchell Trump age. Sounds like a private school prefect.
0: Mitchell Trump age. The Trump family um all right well okay here we go the age that's a reputable uh newspaper uh oh no okay this is actually from the okay let's just see if it has the age in here um gone to the age for the age the age for the age yeah that's uh, you know what that that's, that's why, it's why it's come up first <laughs> it's not actually the best thing i put in age and it's come up as the age yeah. oh that that is how old is Mitchell? that is very that is very disappointing. Yeah, okay, that's a very good point. All right, hang on. How old Mitchell Trump? How old Mitchell Trump? How old Mitchell Trump? Mark Trump found is the Trump family suffering a a adieu.
1: Oh uh, yeah, what is that? I saw that word. What does that mean?
0: <clears throat> All right, let's. Do we uh,
1: speak French? We oui, we
0: oui. Okay. From the Sydney Morning Herald on September the 10th. So this seems to be the... I love how this show has turned into Encyclopedia Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Among the many images gleaned from the Trump family's ill-fated car journey from out of Melbourne to the wilds of New South Wales along 15... This is Chris Johnson writing in the Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, the finer details are thin, but the family found Rihanna, or Rihanna, uh, uh, Rihanna. 29, the eldest child uh. of the successful berry farming family. So they were a bit. Trump Berries, yeah. Uh, here's what we know. Um, so she's 29. She's 29. So 20 the parents, you'd
1: think, would have to be like f- 60s, late 50s, 60s.
0: Yeah. And then the, yeah, I or guess. 50s, that, 50s or 50s. 50s or yeah. So, and look, they look like pretty normal people.
1: How old do they look? Can you see all of them? I
0: would say he looks like early 20s, mid 20s. Oh, oh, hang on, I'm going to have a look at this. Okay, so this is, all right, hang on. That's uh, Mitchell and Ella. Just here, this is a picture of them. So, oh, yeah. Well, he'd be like 18 at least, yeah, 18 at least. But so I would not, say so early 20s, kids. right? And she's 27, so yeah. yeah. Who's that? And that's Rihanna oh, still yeah. in hospital. Oh, sorry, Charlie's like, Who's that? <laughs> no, not what I was expecting. Hello, <laughs> hello, Rihanna. And that's the Trump dad, and yeah, who's giving the bird, yeah. Tom, and Trump Mark, Mom. that's Mark Trump there. Mum's flipping the bird. Oh, uh, no, that would be kid, yeah, that's got to be, be Mitchell, Mitchell. probably. But yeah, so and that's Guy Pierce. Guy Pearce in The <laughs> Adventures <laughs> of Priscilla <laughs> Queen of the, the desert. desert. So um and that's not the wow. now. That's it. That's really interesting. 5 days. In all it lasted 5 days. And okay, here we go. In all it lasted 5 days, but time appeared to shift for the trumps as if they'd entered some sort of temporal zone far away from normality and the usual chronologies of family life. They
1: had to eat in that time. Like I'm non saw I'm eating.
0: It culminated. Um, oh, here we go. The one verified sighting came with its own pop culture reference. The young couple in Wangaratta who said Mark Trump uh, tailgated them after 10 pm, were at, out catching Pokemons on their mobile phones. Fuck <laughs> off. That could not be any more 2016, that it's article. It's very topical, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, it culminated in the news photographs of Mark after he had been found. If it had found. been
1: written two years earlier,
0: it's like they're out planking by the side of the road. They should have literally like released him as a Pokemon and got people to find him that way. <laughs> they would have, been, would they have, would have him got, in got him in, like straight away. There's <laughs> a family of Pokemon that have escaped. We got him at their front gate. <laughs> um It culminated in the news photographs of Mark after he'd been found after three days wandering, flipping the bird to the media outside a police station from inside a car, the stress and isolation of what he'd been through showing. It was misread as defiance, but friends say he's not an angry or defiant man. Thankfully, this story with a happy ending, an Australian gothic in which everyone returns to civilization and their families, but it's still a mystery, even to the Trumps themselves. Trump. Standing outside the family home, expressing their joy and relief their father had been found safe and well. Mitch and sister Ella struggled to say what happened. There's no one reason for it, Ella said, when pressed. It's bizarre, as formally quoted. In time, there may be an explanation for what triggered this trip to the unknown, but perhaps there won't be. As the gardener says at the end of Picnic and Hanging Rock, Picnic and Hanging Rock, some questions got answers and some haven't. <laughs> There you go. So, so it is. It's a it's a mystery. It's fascinating. I love those
1: kind of stories. Copyright toe flop. <laughs> trump, chop, chomp chop, trump, top, chomp chop, toe, toe, chop, trompod foot of pod. Doesn't quite work. Uh,
0: how long have we done? Yeah, enough. We should uh, go. You've got to go to America and uh, I've got to write my brand new show, which is now on sale everywhere, pretty much. Um, I think by the time you hear this, uh, so Sunday, I think, is the 29th. So uh, Sydney, the announcement for Sydney, uh, will happen, I think, on the 30th. So on Monday, I'll be announcing uh, where I will be doing my Sydney show, and I'm not to announce that until Monday, uh, and I can't tell you what date it will be. What I can tell you is I have... Uh, Saturday night, April the 8th, off the Melbourne International Comedy Festival for reasons that I can't explain to you until next week. Uh Ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> Tantal, that's a Trump-style mystery right I mean, there. How will you solve that one? <laughs> uh, so that will be announced. I can't, Will. It's just bizarre. I know. It's bizarre. It's just bizarre. Maybe one day the whole story will come out. It will. Yeah. On Monday. Yeah. <laughs> on, on Monday, the whole story will come out. Uh, but uh, basically I'm going to Adelaide for the Adelaide Fringe Festival Uh, this brand new show Critically Will which I think is um, well, I'm hoping that will be, you know, uh, the best thing that I've ever done. I'm certainly at a point in my process with putting it together where I'm optimistic that I'm uh, that it's going to be something really exciting by Adelaide. So, uh, Adelaide Fringe Festival, Brisbane Comedy Festival. Uh, there may be a special announcement about Melbourne coming, uh, Hobart, uh, Melbourne International Comedy Festival. I am doing the entire festival, including apart from April the eighth for reasons I can't explain, and it's, uh, bizarre. it's bizarre. And uh, I think uh, the second last Saturday night of the comedy festival will be the night we do the live TOEFOP show. That is it the 15th? 15th, yeah. April the 15th. Um, so uh, the last two Saturday nights, I'm doing two massive shows at the Art Centre in Melbourne. So if you want to come along to one of those very special shows, the first place I saw Billy Connolly do stand-up, uh, then come along and uh, see those shows as well. Uh, Perth is already on sale. Uh, Darwin will be on sale uh, next week. So... Um, and there are other dates to come, Wollongong, Wagga Wagga, a bunch of... Um... Wangaratta?
1: Fuck, man. If you see a middle-aged couple splitting from a car, call someone.
0: I might do my Trump tour. <laughs> I might go to all the places the Trumps did. <laughs> a little mini Trump tour of New South Wales. How, and will, Victoria. how
1: Wills are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Will, do you like... artwork of james fosdyke
0: mate i love the artwork of james fosdyke do
1: you love comic strips drawn drawn by james fosdyke fortnightly do you love the comedy of tofop uh okay but if you had some (laughs) james fosdyke artwork that captured the essence of of tofop and kind of made it a bit better would you like that
0: i love that i've seen that and it does make it heaps better
1: well i've got a deal for you hang on tell me sign up to our patreon okay for how much well, from $1, as little as $1 a month... You get what? You get everything. Well, a lot of things. Not the book. You get everything we have, plus James Fos
0: Dykes, everyone relax, three-strip comic strip it's not three. It's not <laughs> three panel. It's never three panel, And it's so good. It's I mean, honestly, amazing. it's so good. The, the latest one is the one that is he's uh, kind of drawn in memory of my cat, Tip, and it, it really like anyway it's fucking amazing and it's a great pleasure to have James involved in our show and literally from as little as if a everybody a month if everyone who listened to the show gave a dollar a month then we would have 200 cents 200 dollars <laughs> <laughs> no but I mean if you like the show and if you can afford to contribute one dollar a month it helps us out All But right. but more than that these comic strips yeah. are amazing and you need to see them. Yeah.
1: You you putting money into our Patreon helps us hire guys like James. It helps us employ a guy like Mike Howe who Howell. does all the fucking best ofs and cuts together the stuff for us all the time. It's amazing. Sean Maluga's photography, like all that stuff that's sort of the bonus stuff. We're us to uh,
0: if we, We've been invited uh, back to the LA Podcast Festival for this year. Yeah. If we are able to get to the LA Podcast Festival and make that work, you guys contributing to our Patreon helps us like cover the costs for that and... We may even, if we do go back this year, try to do something even particularly special, and we will need your help for that. But we'll save that for another time. Yeah, exactly. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson.